Hello everyone, welcome to Basic Snitches. I'm Felix Felicis. What are you? What? My name's Felix Felicis, get it? The luck potion? Yeah. You're Vera to serum, get it? Oh, I guess. Vera to serum. And I'm also just like because very... Because you love serums. <laughs> I was going to say because I'm just like blatantly saying whatever's on my mind. Oh, okay, that's okay. a good thing too, clink. <laughs> I'm Felix Felicis because I'm lucky. Just kidding. I'm not very lucky. And this is Polly Juice Potion. That's rude. But that works. Polly Juice Potion. She's married and she hyphenated. Anyway. <laughs> Why are we potions today? Because we're talking about Tara's oh, boyfriend. Cue oh. the fuck Mary Kill music. We're bringing it back for this. We're talking about Snape today. I you sounded very sexual. About Why that. are we doing this again? I nah. because we said it would be a good topic we, for an episode, we did. and we also might be like testing out like a type of episode we might do once we finish the series, which is yeah. rapidly approaching. Yeah. I'm Adam. I'm Tara. And I'm Sarah. That those are our real names, but for this episode, you can call us Felix, Polly, and Vera. I guess. You know our names, so now let's say some other names, and those are the names of our patrons. Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Nicole, and Olivia. As y'all know, we recognize every single one of our patrons in every single episode, and there's so much additional content that you get all three of our tiers at patreon.com slash basic snitches. Polly. What if your name was just Polly Juice Potion? <laughs> Hi, my name is Polly Juice. No, my name is Polly Juice Potion. When I was in college, people used to call me Adam Bowers. I didn't have a first name. I didn't have a last name. It was Adam Bowers. One whole thing, and I fucking hated it. Were there it. a lot of Adams? Actually, my senior year, I was on an RA staff of five people, and two of us were Adam B. And we were both gay. That's why they called That's you Adam Bowers. Yeah, but all four years they called me Adam Bowers. Yeah. Well, it's weird because I feel like I had no Adams in my life. I didn't know any Adams until I met you. Like, you were the first you Adam. Serious? Yeah, you were like the first Adam yeah, in my life. Yeah, take that biblical Adam. I'm the first Adam. I mean, <laughs> wow. So, I'm like, I met you and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't really know anyone else named Adam. And then all of a sudden now I know, like, five Adams. <laughs> all Adams in Sarah's life, I was the first. I'm your superior. <laughs> Look at us trying to actually, like, avoid the actual topic. Well, here it is, Snape. 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 I feel like Snape. I am more of a, a Snape sympathizer Snape. than the two of you. Why <gasps> did you say sympathizer? I said sympathizer. I didn't say that I love him. Okay. She was like, actually, I'm a Snape sympathizer. <laughs> and then As in I... And then she starts talking like... It's <laughs> a synthesizer sound. Uh, All right, let's jump into it. So we, like, don't really have, like, a plan for this, but I kind of did, like, a little bit of an outline. Mm -hmm. Okay. One word to describe Snape. Oh, fuck. I can never pick just one thing. Just one word. For Snape, potions master. That's two words. It's hyphenated. It's hyphenated, like, my last name. Juice potion. <laughs> okay, no, that's cheating because that's from Harry Potter. Puppet House. Okay, you said one word. Slimy. Victimhood. That's two words. No, victimhood is one word. Victimhood. 
Yeah, like he. I feel like he. I feel like he lives his life from a place of victimhood. Victimhood. Yeah. Garbage. (laughs) Fuck Mary Kill. Victimhood. Slimy garbage. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, the next one. I just have a few questions to like get us jump in. It. Do you have a favorite Snape moment? I'm sure I do. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I wish there was a Snape montage that we could watch. Shall we try? No. Can we? (laughs) (laughs) Tara Tara shot that down And I'm like, can we? I feel like it would be a good... No. No, okay. You know, something that is very much on my mind is how he treats Umbridge. (laughs) So some of that stuff about, like, giving her fake viewers to serum, that's quite nice. Mm -hmm. Or I, of course, think of, oh, so you didn't get the correct job that you went to? Would you like me to read the quote to you? Because that's my favorite. Oh, it is? Okay, yes, I put it there. So she said, you applied first for the defense against the dark arts position, but you were unsuccessful, obviously. And you have regularly applied for the defense against the dark arts post since you first joined the school, I believe. Yes. Do you have any idea why Dumbledore has consistently refused to appoint you? I suggest you ask him. See, that's even better than I remember. Sassy Snape. There it is. Doesn't mean I like him, but... That's one of actually, favorites. you know what? I'm going to change my mind. My favorite Snape moment is actually in Harry Potter Puppet Pals, where it's the thing where he's in it, writing in his diary. I like that whole thing about him. So. <laughs> I know that's not really Watch in Harry the Potter series, but you know what? I do not choose to <laughs> give in to... Okay, this episode, we're bleeping out the author's name, because I can't think of a creative thing, because we drank a lot of wine. Wine. I mean, you really didn't drink that much wine, but what was I talking about? Favorite Snape moment. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite Snape moment because I do not choose to give in to Snapey shit. What about you? I'm trying to think. I thought you would have felt better. I do. I, I mean, I would probably say during the occlumency lesson with Harry, when Harry goes into his memories. <laughs> so it's not necessarily like something Snape did. It's and seeing, like, James and Sirius kind of bully Snape. And then Snape's like, stop it! Why did you do that? This is really mean. And then afterwards, like, how defensive Snape is, like, when he catches Harry in that memory. And realizes what happened. Because here's the thing, I think that that's the moment of sympathy for Snape, yeah, right? Yeah, like, That's the moment, right, the, the moment of vulnerability where you're like, oh, maybe this character that we generally kind of hate otherwise had really shitty moments that defined him. And that doesn't condone his current behavior, but it makes you realize that he's a human. Yeah. It humanizes him, right? Yeah. I don't know. So that's that's kind of where I was like, oh, there's not a black and white here, yeah. and there is a gray to this character. I mean, let's be that's honest. I have probably given Snape points here and there. It's not, like, super often, but there are times... Where you do see in his double agent. You're like, I want to say good, but I'm not going to say that. Ding dong. (laughs) Ding dong. There are moments where you see in his double agent trajectory where he is on the good side of things. Mm -hmm. Like this stuff with Umbridge. Those are some of the moments where I'm like, okay, I can sort of get behind it. Like, for example, let's talk about that moment where he makes the unforgivable vow at the beginning of this book. Mm-hmm. The unbreakable vow? Oh, yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. I drink wine, guys. That moment, for example, is sort of a nice little play between the two. Because he is showing to the bad guys that, oh yeah, I'm willing to do whatever I can to move things forward. 
but there is that other side of things that are a little bit more sneaky. So I could even say something like that. Like, I think those are the moments when we find them that I'm like, okay, this is where we see the parts of Snape that are intriguing and give depth to his character, other than him just being this whiny person who is constantly approaching a teenager in a very petty way. My big thought on Snape in book five, and where the Snape sympathizers frustrate me, is that they're willing to extend this level of sympathy for him once they see James and Sirius picking on him. Which, that part makes sense. But they're not willing to extend the same type of understanding toward people as they've grown. So if we're going to be like, James and Sirius were asshole teenagers, but then they fought in the Order of the Phoenix, and James literally gave his life for his child and his wife, and then... Sirius gave his life to try to come in and save Harry and all of that. We're not acknowledging that they were being heroic and more mature adults. I mean, James was only 21 when he died, you know, Mm. like we're not acknowledging that, but then we're like, oh my gosh, Snape is so tortured or whatever. And we're not acknowledging that as an adult, Snape was actively being unkind to his students. That's when I get frustrated with it because what you said is a hundred percent true. Yes. Like we see that. And it's actually Lily who, in the memory, when we see it again in the seventh book from a different perspective, and Harry is like, I don't want to watch this again because it hurts him, because Harry has nothing to do with it. Like, that's always, like, very interesting because Harry literally didn't do anything fucking wrong. Why Snape treats him like shit has nothing to do with him. In that, you realize that Lily, like, she's the catalyst for all of this. She chooses James for a reason. We know Lily is good people. Mm-hmm. So she's not gonna she's not gonna choose a bully. Like she's not gonna be like it's okay that you bully, you bully Severus. She's gonna be like yeah you need to fucking stop. Yeah, she sticks up for Severus. She too. sure does. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to be like completely biased here, but isn't there a moment then after that where Snape is like, oh thank you so much, Lily, and Lily's like, hang on, you're an asshole too. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep both basically. Of you mm-hmm. So I mean, right there that shows. Because you just said Lily is good people. Okay, why do we know that? That's a good example where there's accountability on both sides. I agree with what you said, but to go a little bit further, I think there's a lot of people who look at this from a black and white perspective. Mm -hmm. Of like, oh, well, now that we know that he's a tortured soul, oh, now he's good. But no, 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 no. He does not take any steps to fix it. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And kind of also to your point that you made, Tara... Yes, this is what he experienced, but did he grow as a person, and what is he doing as an adult? And it's very clear he hasn't. Right. And and it's like, you can't change what happens to you and what people have done to you, but it's still your responsibility for how you react. Yes, like, you can be understanding, like, someone has been through some shit and someone has been through some trauma, but, like, it's still your responsibility for how you react to that and, like, how you move forward. Like, understanding and sympathy only goes so far. You're still responsible for how you then treat other people. Well, this particular thing happened during their fifth year. If we're going by the fact that Lily decided actually James Potter isn't so bad, there's still two more years of Hogwarts for James to grow up and stop being Mm -hmm. a bully. Yeah. To Snape. And clearly, there's also two more years for Snape to grow up and stop being a dick face, but he's not. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't stopped. So that's my frustration yeah. with it. That said, I absolutely want to acknowledge that we see that. 
Honestly, though, the point about what Harry sees in the pensive, I think that that's more about Harry and less about Snape. As far as, like, showing Harry things that he's not ready to see and, like, how hard that is for him. Right. His father isn't just, like, right? a Which, that's hard. Everyone has been like, yeah. your dad is fucking great. Because not only is he startled by the fact that that happened, Snape catches him and it's just, like, all of that stuff, yeah. you know? Here's the other thing with that. I think when we are children, for the most part, we see our parents as, you know... We, we hero worship our parents. Yeah. Like, and you I think mean, when you're a kid, oh, when I'm an adult, I'm <laughs> going to have everything to do that. That's true. I shouldn't say that we all do, but, like, to an extent, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, when I'm a parent, when I'm a parent, so those will never be ding, 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 me pointing to me. I don't want to speak for either of you, but I know that both of you probably are, like, I'm not good around kids either, so. I'm okay around kids. Both of you are better around kids than I am around kids. I'm cool around my nieces, I otherwise. like two kids. I like Neil, Neil. and Marlo. Okay, that makes sense. Neil and Marlo. <laughs> yep. Uh, I would like probably enjoy kids. both of those children as well, but, like, my nieces, obviously. Like, I always think about, like, my nieces are cool, because they're related to me. <laughs> like, I'm just not a, a kid person. How right. do we get into talking about this? Oh, <laughs> parents. Okay. Tangents! Whoa, that was a weird tangent, because I was like, how did we even get here? What I mean to say is that when we are children, we are often look at our parents and like, oh, they have everything figured out. Etc. As you grow up, and, like, it starts when you become, like, teenagers and things, you start to realize, oh, they're not perfect people. And then, even as adults, you really start to see and unpack things of, like, oh, you know, everyone is a human. We're all flawed. Mm -hmm. So, basically, what Harry was viewing here is just seeing some of those things. There's still things my parents have done, probably, that I will never know about that show that they are imperfect. And likewise, you know, we are all like this. So... Some of that stuff, I think, is just, like, a consequence of, like, how yeah. things go. I mean, at the same time, let's talk about us as readers and how we are looking at things and how we see Snape. I think the thing that I have come to realize about Snape himself, and I might be going a bit off script, Tara, so please, if you're, like... No, no, like, I just have a couple of questions that we can just throw in when we're, like, ready. To keep the conversation going, stuff. I think where I come with Snape, and it came up in the last few episodes, honestly, which is why this episode is perfectly timed, so good on us. (laughs) I think it comes down to all this happened, what Snape is, like, holding a grudge on, happened years and years and years ago, and he still can't get past it. I even think about now when all of this happened, and we see it in the movie of, like, how he clutches the dead lily. <laughs> it's, okay. Which never and happened. All that, which never which happened. never happened. I cannot with even that. Even if it did happen, he abandons a baby. That is Harry. That yeah, he I'm, like, up. I'm like, not only is that not what happened, but also I'm really disturbed by this, and the people are like, it's so sweet and so sad. Hagrid had to go in there and save the baby. Yeah. Like Hagrid saved the baby. Hagrid saved the baby. Is that the name of the Snape episode? <laughs> but it has to be Bebe like Moira Rose. Bebe. Yeah. Bebe. But it's Hagrid saying the Bebe. Bebe. Only Bebe. Is it my So there's that. But also, like, when it comes down to it, it's Snape's fault. We talked about it in that episode. Yeah. With Trelawney. Like, Snape overheard what he thought he heard. He went back to Voldy and was like, hey. There's this boy out there that's going to ruin your life. And guess okay. what? It's Harry Potter. That was Snape pushing Voldemort in that direction. Mm, yeah. 
Here's the thing, though, too. As frustrated as I get with Snape, I think that he is a great character in the fact that he is... Yeah, we are not disagreeing that. Yeah, because, like, because he is the gray, right? Like, I think so, so much of the book is, is like, okay, here's the good characters, here's the bad characters, and, like, it is important to have those great characters because... In all honesty, like, that's what life is. That's where the twist is in the series. Right. Most people live in the gray, and so I think it's important to acknowledge that. I think that it would be a really interesting conversation to talk about the other gray characters, because Snape is not the only one. Yeah, well, that's, true. that's I think, true. I think it's helpful to maybe bring some of them up here, too. Like, the first Fred person Martin. I thought of... Okay. I, the first person I thought of... Every time I bring this person up, I'm like, I like them. But Rita... Rita Skeeter, she, absolutely. She's an opportunist. She's a bitch. But there are some moments in there Mundungus where like, Fletcher. Mund- mm. Mundungus Fletcher is a great character. He's on the good he's side. Not he's not really just... important enough, but he's not yeah. a good dude either. Sure. And I mean, we Here's talk the thing, all the if Mad-Eye Moody hadn't been killed because of Mundungus Fletcher, I would, I would push him a little further away from Grey. But no, fuck that guy. I think that it's really important just to like note that that's clearly the point of Snape. Mm-hmm. I will be completely honest that Snape as a gray character does not actually flow for me because if you're looking at it as like, oh, they're black and white, Snape is not actually a good guy. He is trying to feel redeemed because of this weird-ass obsession he has with the one person who was ever kind to him. Snape's entire trajectory is like, him punishing himself for that happening. Mm. That's my opinion. And then also, though, he, like, doesn't even completely punish himself because he's constantly taking shit out on his students. So fuck right off. Yeah, you know, I think, to me, he sticks out because he's so pivotal as well. The thing I like about those characters that we had mentioned is if you were to ask any other person, they would easily categorize them. Like, Rita is bad. Slughorn is good. Mundungus is basic and They'd probably stupid. say good, but yeah. Draco. See, I would even put Draco as... Draco like, is definitely... And you know character. what? If if I were to have to That's make true. a snap judgment, I would put him on the bad side. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like, there are so many times where you talk about, like, the trio. And, like, they'll have a really, really great chapter, and then they'll have a really, really bad one. Which is the lovely thing about the series. If we boil down everything, though, as we always do, we boil down... Th- Obviously, the trio, they're all good. Mm-hmm. Snape, I think when it comes down to it, if there were had been some point without, throughout the series where Snape can say, I made mistakes here, I can own up and be accountable, that might have been different. But he never does that. Unless, does his death moment count as that? No. I don't necessarily think it does. I don't think it does, because one, he doesn't well, say a single fucking thing to he, Harry. He, I was going to say, here's my challenge to that, though, is is like, the book is still written from Harry's perspective. So just because he hasn't said it to Harry or from Harry's perspective that hasn't happened, that doesn't mean that he hasn't acknowledged that to anyone else. Because to me, it's like a big deal that Dumbledore is so... But there's an entire chapter in which we see... Snape's whole entire fucking perspective. Yeah, yeah. That is the old, like, that is my challenge to that. I like that challenge. Also a good point, though. Like, obviously, yes, it's from Harry's perspective. Well, and that's where I'm like, okay. Like, I can see into that because even though he didn't say it to Harry, 
Harry does end up naming one of his kids after. Right, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Because Harry was like, okay, I don't need to hear it. At the same time, if I were Harry, I'd be like, no. Nah. Well, I think, I mean, I've said this before, Harry's decision to name Albus Severus after Snape, I believe is because it's an epilogue. He needed to make the point that Harry has forgiven Snape. And we that's don't fair. have room for that. And I think that that is why that happens. Over that time, he and has made the work. And the statement to Albus in the epilogue is you were named after two headmasters of Hogwarts. One of them is maybe the bravest man I ever knew. Now, remember, Harry literally also, like, I love all the memes just, like, the bravest man I ever knew myself. Like, because, like, <laughs> yeah. like Harry is exceptional in that area, but... Harry recognizing what bravery is in the case of Snape, I think is such an important statement in the yeah, book. But again, yeah. it's about Harry. Oh it's God. not about Snape. I have so That's many things fair. to say. It's about yes. how Harry handles that because Snape yeah. took the cowards. When Harry calls him a coward at the end of this book, he's not wrong. There are so many things I want to say. Because first of all, that reaction to that last moment, because I've even seen it, of like, Harry Potter Jr. You're named after the most brave person. It's so funny. We see him go through a journey of like self confidence, and like I don't think we ever necessarily see him reach it. All pop culture wants to do that. We mentioned Potter Puppet Pals multiple times, of him being like, "I'm Harry Potter. I'm the best person ever. I'm Harry Potter. I'm Harry Potter." That's Harry Potter Puppet Pals. We never really actually see that. No, Harry is not. He doesn't do that, which is. One of my frustrations with Snape, because he's like, you're just like your father. Right. The other thing is, okay, he names his kid after Albus and Severus. Both of them, we have talked about being extremely, extremely flawed in many, many ways. And listeners, brace yourself for the Albus Dumbledore episode probably coming in up next season, maybe. We'll see about it. We're still planning things. But both of them are very flawed. We have a lot of issues. As you listen to us, yes, we have gripes about Dumble too. However, Dumble is often regarded as a great character, whereas Snape is often disregarded as one that is not. Now, if we were to look at them in different lights, perhaps it could be flipped, perhaps it couldn't. Obviously, we're looking at things from a different perspective. The reason why I like this conversation, too, is because Tara obviously is very anti-Snape. I mm-hmm. like that you said that you're a Snape sympathizer. Me, generally, I'm more on the side of Tara. But I like this a thought of like kind of playing devil's advocate and be in the middle, even though I'm probably going to be more on Tara's side. That's why I do like when you said some of that stuff and me being like, well, he did name his one of his kids. Yeah. It keeps the conversation going. So yeah. I, I like me, you heard the perfect person did it happen in this yeah. episode. You're also just a perfect person in general, so. Oh, thanks. I don't think I say that to a lot of people, so. It's never said it to me because I'm not. Tara, you suck. Yeah. Speaking of people who suck, we start at book one. Let's talk about Snape, because our first time we see Snape is Harry not understanding why this guy is glaring at him. He's like sitting in the great hall. He's like, why is that guy glaring at me? So. And my scar hurt. That's our first introduction to Snape. Obviously, book one Snape, it's all about the bait and switch. He's a complete red herring. Well, and also you have precious, dumb 12-year-olds who are, like, caught up in the whole thing. All three of them are looking at the world from a very innocent perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Very obviously, this is all new to him. And really, to Hermione, it is, too, even though she's 
a know-it-all in that book for most of it. But Ron, even, like, this is his first time outside of his family. They're both seeing things from a very innocent, pure place. And there are good people in this book. There is a bad thing that is happening. Someone is trying to steal the Philosopher's Stone. Who's the person who is the most suspicious? Snake. Snake. Constantly. Mm -hmm. And then it turns on its head. And that's where, you know, we have said multiple times, book one, if it were just to have stopped after book one, it would have been complete. Yeah, I really think that that could have been a solo book. And if it had stopped at that point, maybe we would have looked at Snape in a different way. But then there's more and more I think we absolutely would have. Speaking of Snape, there's his house. That is... This house. The margarita is missing. Oh. They really Wormtail hasn't made him a margarita yet. What is with the floating books though? It's oh, Snape likes books and things are floating. Those are some magic. really gay pillows. Snape, Snape is those. gay. <laughs> what? To me, Snape, in that first book, it, that's the crux mm-hmm. of it, is that he is a red herring. Yep. He is. It's very interesting, though, because he's set up as the red herring, which is really fun part of the book, really. The first time you read it, you're like, okay, yeah, I see it. You can almost not hate Snape in the first book, yeah. except for he starts off being a dick to Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's a dick to Neville in the first book. And we're like... These are 12-year-olds. Yeah, you know... 11-year-olds. If anything, the book is not perfectly summed up for a couple reasons. So one of them is like, what is Snape's deal? I mean, you could chalk it up almost to, oh, Snape is a strict teacher. Sure. But then also, of course, like, what happens to Voldemort? I mean, in some ways you could almost say, okay, well, Snape is just a strict teacher and Voldemort never comes back. And that's that. But, yes, he does truly, like, there is the favoritism there. You start to see that favoritism with his own house, etc. So that's where we are with book one, I think. Yeah. Book one, you're like, this guy's just not great. Whatever. I think book two is also another one where you're like, come on, Snape. Like, ugh. Yeah. But you're not like, God, this guy's horrible. Well, which book is it? I want to say it's book, like, three or four, where he reprimands... Neville and Hermione because he threatens to poison Neville's toad. Oh yeah, which book is that? What book is that? But you guys know what I'm talking about. Because like that that is a perfect example. That's when you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You're going out of your way. Yeah. Because like book two, I really think of Dueling Club, obviously. Yep. Kind of, okay, well you know that he's not like the worst because he was in the villain in the last book, but he's still And you don't like suspect him of opening the Chamber of Secrets because they're like, okay. Who who are like the main culprits in that book for Chamber of Secrets again? It's you mean like, who they think it is? Yeah, it's Draco is in there. Draco, right? they think it's they think it's Draco mostly, yeah. and then they're afraid that it's Hagrid, but they're like that's not like, that's sense. right, that's right. right. So with Draco, at the very least, you know Draco is in Snape's house. They do end up taking the Polyjuice potion and going into the Slytherin common room. So more than anything, it's like the association with Slytherin, but I think it is bouncing things off from what we learn about Snape in the first book. And that's pretty much it. They do, you know, show that he's a superior wizard to Lockshart, which isn't hard to do. Yeah, I think more than anything, it's a little bit of an extension, and then the Mm -hmm. focus more on Slytherin than Snape. Yes. Again, after the second book, you're like, I don't really like that guy, but you're not like... He's the worst. Yeah. But also, we haven't seen any reason to think that he's anything... Not the worst. The Snape lovers who write always in their notebooks 
<laughs> whatever. Like, those people don't exist in, after the second book. That makes me cringe. It's so gross. So, book three. Now, book three, I think, is, is when, when really I want really to set him on fire the first time. Because of the background, and that's the... I still love book three. I really do I think love that book three. three is still going to be my favorite. Because this is where you get the necessary background mm-hmm. of so many characters. What's the book of monsters? Sorry. But who is also from book three? Speaking of book three? Yes. Y'all know that we're watching in one of those ASMR rooms. You know it. And this one is going through a lot of different things. Right now we're in the Lee Cauldron bedroom with the monster book of monsters. I mean, there's some things that happen at Hogsmeade. Obviously, everything with the Shrieking Shack and with Professor Lupin. But this is where you see, okay, there are some reasons why Snape is the way he is. He is treating other people other than Harry this specific way. Um, the way he comes in in Defense Against Dark Arts and gives us the huge hint that Lupin is a werewolf. Things like that. Oh. Yeah, the way that he like tries to out Lupin as a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting thing because obviously like, the way he's treating Lupin, it's clear that him making the Wolfsbane potion is something that Dumbledore has been like, yeah, you have to fucking do this. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the big moment at the end of the book where Snape literally throws a fit... Like, a fucking child. Like, a white man trying to walk around with a White Lives Matter sign. You know, like, that's that level of bullshit. Mm. Pissed that he loses his whatever because Sirius escapes. He's so obsessed with Sirius being kissed by the Dementor. Like, he goes too far. Him having a problem with Sirius, whatever. But, like, he goes too far. Because he knows the truth. He doesn't. Know the he truth. doesn't know the truth. Does no. he, do you think he ever realizes what the truth well, is? Well, here's the thing. That's not necessarily true. He might know the truth because we don't know how fucking long he was standing there listening yep. to Sirius and Lupin spell it all out for the kids as Sirius makes it clear and then Lupin realizes mm-hmm. that what he believed all those years wasn't true. Right. And then they're like, they try to catch Pettigrew. Like, all that happens. My assumption is that he doesn't know he would try to have them find Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. If Snape is truly a good guy at the end of the day, he does not know the yeah. truth about Sirius. Mm-hmm. At the end of the third book, obviously it gets cleared up at the end of the fourth book when Dumble is like, hey, by the way, Sirius is here and he didn't murder people. The end of the third book is just so chaotic mm-hmm. that Snape kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But I don't want to like let go of the fact that he handles it all wrong, which is why I hate that in the movie. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's very powerful to see Alan Rickman stand in front of those three teenagers and just look badass as fuck. Yes. Great. That's not how it happened. Not at all how it happened in the book. So that's an interesting thing, because I think we see with screen rants and stuff, do you think that a lot of Snape apologists are only people who watch the movies? I think so. And there are also people who have felt themselves be heavily influenced by Alan Rickman's brilliant portrayal. Which, hey. But also, like, Alan Rickman always plays a dick. Like, so you sympathize with, like, cheating husbands and murderers in general. So that's a thing. That's concerning. Uh, (laughs) And then at the end of the book, he fucking outs Lupin as a werewolf to the whole school. So. Rude. This man's livelihood is at stake. Yeah, so, no. And I know that Lupin was part of the group of guys who bullied you. And I think that that's what it's about. That's what it's about. I think it's, he has this grudge that he's still holding on to. 
And I think you're correct. I think he doesn't know that Sirius wasn't at fault. I think he's assuming the worst of him because he had a negative past experience with yeah. him. So he is assuming he's the worst. happy to... And he's happy happy to be like, yeah, well, this guy's a murderer. Right. And so so. it's easy for him. I think with Lupin, he hung out with these other people. He's not safe. He's not a good guy. Like, it's, it's easy for him to be like, well, I don't feel bad for him. Which, again, is one of those things where you're like, okay, but, like, grow the fuck up. You know, move on to book four. Book four. Now, when I am thinking here of book four, I don't remember a ton of Snape. Snape is not in much of book four. However, one of the cool things to think about with Snape in book four is he's got a lot of little, like, snide sarcasm and shit in there. I mean, the main role of Snape in the series. But, like, that's what he does. He is exceptionally unkind to Harry and Hermione in the fourth book. Mm. I believe it's when Harry and Ron are still fighting. Maybe not. Maybe it's afterwards. When Draco, I think it's Draco or Pansy... Hits her mind with that spell and makes her teeth grow. Oh, that's in book four. That's in book four. Well, that's later and than I remember. The students are like to Snape, this happened or whatever. And Harry's like, well, whoever hit Hermione with this. And he looks at her and she's literally like grotesque. And he's like, I see no difference. And he's horrible. Oh, yes. So right. this, and I was like, the first time I read this, I was like, this fucking guy, man. Oh. So you know what this feels like? It feels like book. One and two, he's holding grudges. Book three is pivotal for Snape. Because he has that moment with the bullies and stuff. And I think from Snape's point of view, he is now looking at the trio as like, oh, yep, the Alyssa Edwards of it all. You're that girl that I thought you were. If you don't watch Drag Race, no. it doesn't make a lot. But it's basically <laughs> like, you have this opinion of these kids based on where they've come from that kind of confirms what it is. I mean, obviously it does not confirm what what he thinks of everything, but now he's just, like, doubling down. Because then in book five, this is where Aquaman right. starts. Can we go back to book four? Not double. Oh, yeah, four, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that we gave Snape the credit that he deserves. So Harry and Cedric go to the graveyard, and Voldy does his I'm a bad guy monologuing. He, like, talks about the missing Death Eaters in the circle. Mm-hmm. And oh, then he, yeah. And he says the lines that make you wonder who he's talking about. Like, he says, like, one of them, I believe, has left me forever. He'll be punished. One is da 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 One of them, he's talking about Snape. One, he's talking about Karkaroff. And one, he's talking about, obviously, Barty Crouch Jr. He, one's back at Hogwarts. Yeah, one's back yeah. at Hogwarts, but he's talking about Barty Crouch Jr. And then you're like, who is he talking about Snape? You know, because then Harry and Ron overhear him and Karkaroff talking. So he knows that he has a dark mark. At the end of the book, after, you know, we take Barty Crouch Jr. and we're like, we're going to have a Dementor give you a little kiss. Snape, in front of everyone, is like, here it is. Because he's showing fudge. Here's my dark mark. And this is a really important moment for Snape because he's like, almost saying I'm fighting on both sides or I have fought on both sides. He's like, I was a Death Eater and now I'm here. That's what fudge sees. That's what the Order of the Phoenix sees. That's yeah. what the other professors at Hogwarts see. That's what Harry sees. Like, Snape gives himself away to that group of people. It's really fascinating. Interesting. So, yeah, that is important. Okay, let's say even by beginning of book four. Contrary to what I just said, yes, book three was pivotal from a personal standpoint. Absolutely. But now we have this new side of Snape of like, oh, maybe he is a bad 
guy. So in the yeah. middle of the series, we are like, oh, you may have just thought that he's just a dick, and that's it. But there is this bad guy element. But now you know he's a, he's a Death Eater. Yeah. And that's why the fifth book is so important for the Order of the Phoenix to be established and for Harry and Dumbledore even have the conversation where Dumbledore's like, no, I fucking trust Snape. Shut the fuck up. Because that's where this begins now. Yeah. It begins here all the way through book six. And then you see Snape being a dick to people all through book five because he's Snape. You see Snape being terrible to Sirius. Mm-hmm. You see Snape baiting Harry during Occlumency. Like, I'm sorry. I will never, ever, ever agree with the fact that Dumbledore was like, yeah, Snape's going to do Occlumency. That's stupid. But you see Snape do all this, and then you see, like, the little things where Harry realizes at the last second, I can tell Snape what Creature said. My concerns about Sirius at the Department of Mysteries, that his dream. Like, Harry is so removed from Snape that he can't think of him in the moment, which just makes sense because Snape is such a dick. Yeah. And you watch him bait Sirius. You watch him treat Harry like shit. Neville, Hermione, Gryffindors in general. You know what's weird as I'm thinking about this is that, you know, book one and book two, it is what it is. Book three is the backstory. Book four is where everything changes at the end of book four. And that's where it also changes for Mm -hmm. Snape where you're Mm -hmm. like... You thought this one thing about him, and then, yes, you still, he's unsavory. Everything changes, as well as where there's these two split-offs of Snape. And then in book five, it is just chaos. And that's how it feels like with Snape, too, with, like, the occlumency stuff. And then you do get these moments where he is being two-sided with Umbridge, and it's lovely. Book five is just such an agent of confusion and chaos, I mean, again, to give Snape credit where it's due, Harry and Hermione went into the forest with Umbridge, and Snape is the one who was like, I should probably tell someone because they haven't come back. Yeah. Again, this is why you're like, okay, but I'm not willing. So when the sixth book happens, the first part of the sixth book, where you're like, what the fuck is he doing making an unbreakable vow? I thought he was on Dumbledore's side for real. Like, you really felt at the end of the fifth book, even though Harry's like, I'll never fucking forgive him. We know at this point that is Snape and Sirius and their bullshit. That yes. is not the same as dealing with Voldemort and dealing with all the stuff. Else. We yeah. are, at the end of the fifth book, I felt like, personally, solidly, I was like, Snape is mm-hmm. on the good side. I yeah. feel like most people felt that way. Yeah. And in the sixth book, you're like, the fuck? What is happening? Yeah. 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 Because the Where sixth book in... does not give you that space. Where in book five, you are perhaps even wavering. A little bit. Like, you wait, are. Until, I, this, I think I until this. the end. Yeah. At the end, I think you are. Snape is good. At least I was. In book six, because it is the Snape book, essentially, when you think about it. And the Half-Blood Prince. Exactly. Snape is by far the most present, I think, in this book. I remember when we were waiting for the seventh book. And there was, like, a, all these big signs that, like, Barnes & Noble or Borders was still around then. And it was, like, you know, the cartoon of Snape from the book. When it said Snape friend or foe because you did not know at the end of the sixth book and like the way people just like poured over everything to be like is he really good or is he really bad because look at what he did in the fourth and fifth book like but but also like he just fucking killed Dumbledore and he made that unbreakable vow and he like fled Hogwarts you know with the unbreakable vow and then to all these little moments of Harry being like, Snape's up to something. Snape and Draco are up to something. And Hagrid and Lupin and Dumbledore constantly saying, 
It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You, don't, yeah. you need to trust Snape. You need to trust Snape. And then what happens at the very end? But even not that, but that pivotal chapter with Trelawney saying all of this, that being the thing that... that so pivotal. They come back. He kills Dumbledore. It's like, at the beginning of the series, we were meant to think that he is a villain. And then it kind of gets swept under the rug. And then there's all this turmoil, turmoil, turmoil. It builds and builds and builds. Maybe he's not so bad. Yeah. Yes. And then, like, book four happens. And then it's like, wait a minute. Hold on. Then it becomes chaotic, chaotic, chaotic. I think by the time you get to the end of book six, obviously, you're like, Snape's a bad guy. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, what happens at the end of book seven? It's not even what happens at the end of book seven. Well, it's what happens at the end of the book when you learn about it. And this is why I hate Snape. This is number one reason why. You learn that Snape was willing to let Dumbledore murder a child mm. and another innocent person because he was so obsessed with Lily. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to, is that sort of stuff. Starting truly, and it's it's weird that it is right here. What was the name of that? The Seer Overheard. I think mm-hmm. that's the chapter. In that chapter, that's where we even had that conversation. Like, okay, well, this is all because of Snape. Perhaps we do see some of those elements into what we had talked about earlier about him naming one of his children. Perhaps he does feel bad about some of it. He, I mean, you can't get to that point and not have at least some regrets, I have to think. Well, I mean, obviously. I mean, all this stuff happens at the end of the seventh book where you have the prince's tale where, again, you learn how garbage Snape was, but also you get to learn his history and you get to see where he's talking to Dumbledore's portrait and he takes the sort of Gryffindor and he leads Harry with his Patronus how he's actually trying to keep Hogwarts from falling completely under like Death Eater control. He is doing the good things but all that time you were still being unkind to children. Fine if you want to be rude to Harry Potter because he looks like his dad. Okay but you're gonna poison some other kid's pet and you're gonna treat other people like shit Mm -hmm. overall. And you were okay with the murder of a child. For what purpose? Also, the entitlement. I think he felt like he was entitled to having Lily as his partner. You didn't know her. You stopped knowing her when you were being an asshole. And you were, like, calling people mudbloods. And then being, like, they're all bad except for you, Lily. Everyone muggle-born is a mudblood. But you. I'm not talking about you. He clearly had an unhealthy obsession with her. Again, my opinion. But when it comes down to it at the end, and you're, like, people are, like, aww. But he just loved Lily. I appreciate that Harry recognizes what that is, sure. Harry's like, yeah, well, you were wrong, Goldie, because mm-hmm. Snape loved my mom. So that's worked in my favor. But also it's creepy. Yeah. He's not even concerned about a Wizarding World War. What Voldemort has done. Well, and to some extent, it makes it selfish, Right? Very selfish. If everything he's doing is just because of this obsessive love that he has for Lily that isn't reciprocated for complete and utter disregard of, like, everything else, like, it is. It's it's selfish. It's still to, like, his benefit in a way. Only what's important to him and not to anyone else. The last thing I'll say about it is I think that giving Snape credit for his bravery Mm -hmm. is a thing that Harry gets to do. Because of the complicated things that Harry went through Mm -hmm. and everything with Harry literally dying for people. I guess he gets to make that choice on whether or not he believes Snape was being brave. And I'll say Snape was very skilled. Yes. The fact that he tricked Voldemort up to the very end. 
I think Harry probably views that as an act of bravery. Mm-hmm. Being willing to throw everything into this one thing that he cared about, which was Lily, to like give up whatever the fuck he was doing with Voldemort, to have Dumbledore see how shitty of a person he was, and not show any remorse. Again, I don't think that's brave, but I guess if Harry wants to decide that it is, to also make a point at the end of the series, okay? Yeah. Yes, but because yeah. we have to give him credit for his skill. Right. Well, and I think following along like the bravery lines there, I mean, I think it is important to note at some point Snape realized that he was choosing to be the most hated person by everyone. I believe that's a really important statement. Yeah. yeah. By being a double agent, he was hated by pretty much everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And he accepted that, kind of going against what else I said, but, like, he was like, okay, like, this is what I need to do, and this is not of myself, but I'm going to choose to be hated by everyone and misunderstood by everyone because this will accomplish something. Thank you for that. So this is what I'd like to do to kind of, like, finish off this yeah. discussion. I think we kind of close ranks, and each of us give, let's say, a couple minutes apiece of where we stand with Snape through this discussion. Because I do think that I have come to a realization of, like, this is how I feel about Snape specifically. And it's not just... Thank you. Um, Because I don't think it's, like, simply, he's good, he's bad. It's Because we talked about that black and white. Mm -hmm. What I think Snape is, is he's a plot device. He is... Someone who is very, very, very flawed. Throughout the series, I think what we see is these two different dualities. And one of them is his personal and then his, let's go ahead and say professional slash this Mm -hmm. double agent sort of thing. He makes really, really poor decisions early on in his life throughout into the start of his professional career. And then at some point, that personal life flips things to make his professional life perhaps a little bit better. He fucks up by basically selling the plotters, and throughout the rest of his trajectory, he is in ways trying to make good with this double agent sort of thing. Does he ever redeem himself? I don't think he ever does. I don't think he ever comes to that full point of redemption because at the end, it's such a flip-flop, and even, like... I think at the end of the series, right before that pivotal chapter, you are still like, Snape is obviously a bad guy. Ultimately, I am going to have to say he's probably more on the bad side, though, because even though he does his best to make things right in the scheme of the story from a personal standpoint, I do think he's an asshole. Some of the stuff Tara has said about, regardless of what happens to anybody else, this one person is who I care about, and I can talk about people like her however else I want to categorize them but she is the one person that I'm okay with so in my opinion he doesn't fix any of the like personal stuff he says which ultimately it's like you know if he were to have survived at the end unfortunately we don't know but perhaps there would have been an opportunity for him to be like look I realize like these are all things and he would have been able to say it out loud Harry, of course, interpreted it as bravery. I think that there are so many other things he could have done. But I'm going to pass it on to Sarah, Sarah because I think I feel a little bit more like I know what Tara might say. But who knows? Tara might surprise us too. Sarah? I guess I think the biggest thing that I think of with Snape is that he is someone who felt 
misunderstood his whole life and very alone. He never fit in or belonged anywhere. He was a double agent because he didn't truly belong on either side. And so in that way, he kind of served a purpose by trying to be on both sides. I do, in some ways, feel bad for him. That doesn't mean that I think he's an amazing character. Like, an amazing person, I should say, not a character. Because I think he's a fascinating character. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, he was the best person ever. I'm not one of those sympathizers who's like, oh, always, Lily, oh, so cute. Um, (laughs) I think he's just, it's just ultimately tragic to me. It's someone that felt misunderstood and alone and got swallowed up in self-pity. Yeah. Yeah. Did he really truly have someone ever to love him? I don't know. Like, and again, it doesn't condone his behavior, but that's what feels tragic for me. Tara, yes. Obviously, I'm going to always be like, fuck that guy. I'm talking about Snape. But it's usually because he's, it's literally when he's being a dick. A lot of times it's in the moment, of Mm -hmm. course. And and it's fair. Like, I think that's totally fair. But to be a little more succinct about him, he's absolutely a fascinating character. Absolutely a very skilled wizard. I think it is important to note how tragic his story is. But I think, honestly, the most tragic part of it is that he was clearly so abused. And I would say at home, like... Don't put any of this on teenage boys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was so clearly abused at home that, like, he didn't recognize that school could be a sanctuary for him, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting thing because look at where Harry was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to make, like, assumptions that we don't know, but I cannot imagine that his childhood was any worse than Harry's. I'm sure he didn't live in a cupboard. To me, that's the most tragic thing about Snape is that, you know, he came to Hogwarts where there are people like Dumbledore there and Slughorn who could have and probably were willing and ready to be mentors to him. And he chose the wrong people to be with. And then when he was like, yeah, this is a bad idea, then he had too much pride to be like, you know what? Slughorn was a good professor and mentor to me when I was a student. I could be friends with him. When Dumbledore brings him into the school, like, they have a very specific type of relationship because he knows what Dumble's up to. And Dumble is like, I know you're a fucking double agent. And I think that's, one, Dumble is the strongest relationship he ever has. Mm -hmm. Which is even more tragic that he ends up having to kill him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's a whole thing that I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to the next chapter. But I think that it's important to, like, note that. But for me, I just, I get very frustrated because there are people who are like, Oh, poor Snape, he was bullied by people. And I was like, okay, but so many people were. So yeah. many people have been bullied. And I'm sorry that that's how it went for him, because that sucks. Because he is a very skilled wizard. Very smart, very pivotal to the plot. A very interesting character. But also a very miserable character. And a mm-hmm. lot of that's his fault. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I kind of said victimhood in the beginning. I think that's right, because yeah. Because he lives in that victimhood. And, and some people do that. Some people live in sure do. victimhood. They give up that power, and that's what he did. He gave up his power to, like, other people to be like, okay, look at me, like, this person. And there's at some point, like, a choice that you make to be like, yeah, all this shitty stuff happened <clears> to me. <throat> But I'm going to empower myself to move on and make better decisions and to, like, 
Yeah. Not to move past, but to make informed choices yeah. moving forward. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think going back to how we started the episode, it's interesting to end it on those two because yeah. I said slimy and Tara said garbage. And I think we <laughs> yeah. have kind of like confirmed that all three of those words are yeah. somewhat true. He is slimy for being a double agent and for being a hypocrite in many ways. And that makes him a garbage <clears throat> person. Not to say, oh, we had this whole episode and we're all correct and good for us. It's interesting to kind of look at this stuff. You know, there are so many other people who might have another word that come to mind. And perhaps Mm -hmm. these conversations have supported that, too. You know, and Mm -hmm. in some ways it could be positive. In some ways it could be negative. He is a very, very complex character. And as we go through more of these character studies, I think we'll find other complexities and characters that fit the same way. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore is definitely going to be one of those, you know? Well, I mean, who knows how the way this podcast will go. Not saying that we're going to <clears throat> never do a character study on, like, Luna Lovegood, but that's going to be a little bit more polarizing to, you right. know? Same with, like, if we were to do one on Voldemort, yeah, perhaps all the words we chose were negative. But ultimately, this discussion is so rich because of how complex... Snape is like if we were to have this conversation about Voldemort yeah he's a fucking awful evil piece of shit I like the conversation and like I don't want people to just be like oh Tara just hates Snape I mean yes I do but like it's not just that I hate him like I yeah no I think I can talk I can talk intelligently about why yeah I think this conversation totally gives a lot of that background but I can also acknowledge that he is very skilled and I think with that yeah Remember that Daddy Snape thing that I recorded? Oh my god, yeah. Let's... Oh my god. Sarah's just like, Daddy. Here's the world premiere of uh, Daddy Snape the Remix by Adam and Tara. (gasps) Or should I say, Felix Felicis and Polly Juice Potion. (laughs) Uh, But before we go, we can't ignore Sarah. Thanks so much, Sarah, for being our guest on last episode, this episode. You're lovely. We love having you. Next time we're going to be using chapter 27. 27. Which is the something about a tower. The tower. Yeah. Mm. Something's going to happen bad, I think, in the next chapter. I think. Something <laughs> bad happens. Yeah. If I remember correctly. All right. See you then. Take it away. Bye. Me. Recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. 
join our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com and a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taran Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!